Children, don't let us just say in words alone that we love people. Like we said, we saw that Joab told Amasa, my brother, how are you doing? But he had a sword to kill him. Don't just tell people you love them. Yes? Children, tell us not love in words. Yes. Or talk, but in deed. Okay. In the way you act, you must love people. This is where it becomes very difficult for us to be Christians. We can go to church, we can preach, we can sing, we can do everything. But when it comes to truly acting on love, we find it very difficult. There are some people, if they walk into this church for the first time, people will think they're sinners. See someone here that walks in here and has all the tattoos in the world, people are like, ah, a sinner. Someone walks in with probably jeans, cut and everything, like, ah, sinners. Someone will walk in and not look decent and clean and whatever, you'll be like, hmm, not a believer. I don't know when any of those things has been the requirement for salvation. I've not found it in the Bible. But in our heart, we use that. But when you love, you must love indeed. When you go out, when you see somebody, there was a story of a man that came to a church. He does not look like anyone that used to come to the church. He looked very rough. And then what he did was, he did not sit with the people. He was sitting right on the floor. Oh God. You know what the ushers would do? They would begin to signal to one another. How do we get rid of this guy? is disrupting the flow of the church. If someone walks in here and sits down here, how many of us will be distracted? How many of us will? But here's one interesting thing that one man in the church did that had love indeed, not words. He saw that that man was sitting down there very obviously confusing everybody and ushers were planning how to get rid of this man but they didn't want to disturb the pastor and the church and the service of the brothers than himself. How would this work? As they were praising God, he got praising God, he went beside the man who was praising God and sat down with this person. Everybody got confused. Two other brothers joined. And before you know it, it was no longer a scene. It was no longer a movie. It was now like, namaste. And everybody became comfortable. There is no way that brother could have said, I love you to that brother than to just sit down with that brother right there. Sometimes we just have to know that love is not just the words you speak. You have to do something. Even when that something will make you look ridiculous. How many of us wearing tie and shoes, decent, somebody coming in here and has not showered in one week? You will fondly and happily hug them, sit with them, and will not hold your nose. Oh yeah, it's not easy. In your heart, you will feel like, oh my God, this is not it. But yeah, you must do that. Love is not being looking just fancy. It's giving something. Don't just love in words. Do it. It's going to cost you something. Tell me something. There are so many people in America today that just think that they just must get on TV or on the radio and come out. You know what they call come out? They want to declare that they are gay, lesbian, whatever. I think it's just becoming a mighty, mighty wave from America. And everybody wants to say it. Even some people that do not have a problem, they want to say they have a problem. Oh yeah, most people don't have a problem. They just want to say, I feel like when I was three years old, I 
and now I'm 85 years old. Oh yeah, we've seen some people that are 40, 70, 50 something years they feel now they want to. They feel inside, inside that they want to wear a girl's dress. I said, okay. So let's assume that they really, really feel like that. Who's going to love them? Who's going to preach to them? Should we just let them go to hell because they are beginning to follow the dictate of their heart? And you may say, how does that? Will God not save those people? But how will God save them? The Bible says, and time will not permit us to go one by one. Say, people are drawn to the lost because when their body begins to dictate the way they live, and when sin, when all this is conceived, they come to death. Those people need encouragement. They need the word of God. They need realignment. They do. But who's going to preach to them? What will be the sermon? The sermon cannot be, oh, well, you got to turn, become straight first. No, they must be saved first and let them figure out what they're going to do. Oh, we've been giving tough time to all our teenagers about their hairdo, about earrings, about tattoos. And of course, they're going to fight us to nail and everything. To them, it's fashion. But one thing is this. If they are not saved inside, all those artificial things that we try to correct will never change. But you must love them. There is no way you can insult them and they will give their life to Christ. You say, well, I insulted him so much. He just started weeping and he gave his life to Christ. It has never happened. You must love them. You must bring them in. Oh, you say, well, this lady has just, you know, many times when you see people's lifestyle, you want to say, oh. yeah, they need to be saved. You have to love them. So how are we going to do this? Our words, you know, there are too many Christians that can say, I love What's your name again? Tell Tiffany. How many people have said, you know, you're going to see a lot of guys saying they love you. And you have to judge which one truly loves you. So what are you going to do to know which one truly loves you? I hope they sell something at Lowe's or Home Depot. Once they come, they say, I love you. Say, wait one second. And you're going to wave it over the guy's head. And it will read 75% love. I wish there was a meter. But unfortunately, there is nothing like that. How are you going to know somebody loves you? Oh, yeah, go ahead. You don't know. What if he says, well, I'm going to take you to a movie. And he's always dressing nicely. He looks nice, quiet guy. Maybe that's the guy. All right. So most of the guys now will be quiet just because it's, Tiffany already gave them tips as to what's the qualification. But the problem there is, it's not in the world. Most guys will always look decent and nice when they want to date a girl. But in, inside of them, they're lions. And all they want is just one time or two time opportunity to just deceive the girl into a position of just, you know. Yeah, and that's the end of the story. And then the same guy, men, will be like, do I know you? What's my problem? You know, the person that was the super nicest guy in the world, you know, who opened up for you, it's a lie. That guy who opened up for you, oh yeah, enter the car. Next time, after you have just figured out yourself, and say, get in the car. You're wondering, was it not the same guy that was so nice the first time that opened the door? You say, don't you want to go? I mean, are you carrying anything in your hands now? 
Is the door very hard for you? They will say all kinds of things. It's not just words. So the fact that somebody tells you they love you does not mean they love yet. It's a starting point. So now let us look at quickly some few things in the Bible. Sincere love. Psalm 55, 21. I pray God will help us to get over just the mental Christianity. We have to be practical Christians. Psalm 55, verse 21. This is man of God that was talking about certain people. He says, the words of his mouth were very smooth, smoother than butter. Oh my God. You know, butter is very smooth. But there are some certain people that will talk to you, oh God, they are called smooth operators. They just talk and you like them. You're just going to like them. But inside of their heart, they have war. The words they speak, very soft-spoken. But then, those words, once you hear them, they bring out soul. I want us to understand that words are not enough. Because you do not know the intent of the heart. So if you're a Christian and just tell people, I love you, God bless you, and you cannot help anybody. What kind of Christian is that? Proverbs chapter 26, verse 25. Sincere love. Do you have sincere love? Proverbs 26, verse 25. This is another scripture that is talking about. See, he said, when he speaks fairly, decently, don't believe him. For right inside of his heart, there are seven abominations. What kind of person is that? The Bible says, for the heart of a man desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can understand it? Who can completely see everything? That's why Tiffany, you have to pray to God that God should open your eyes. By the time the time is right, right? So any guy that is coming around, maybe carrying Bible, giant Bible, you may be speaking King James English. He may be the smoothest guy in the world. He may have all the degrees in the world. You have to pray, God, just let me see the spiritual nature of this God. And then you'll be able to see whether he has kwashioko or he is extremely infected with disease called sin. Because when you see that kind of person spiritually, you're going to forget about all the outward appearance and go straight for, ah, that guy, that's not a guy. They look nice. They drive a good car. They may have a good job. But you must see what's inside. Because if you if you really, really go for someone that loves you, oh my God, you're gonna think that you're in heaven. I'm telling you. Ezekiel 33, verse 31. Sincere love. Sincere love. That's what God wants from us. Ezekiel 33, verse 31. Ezekiel 33. If you're there, you can help us read. This is the word of God through the man of God. And he was speaking and said, Oh, and my people, the people of God, they come and they sit and they hear the words of God. But they will not do it. For with their mouth, they show much love. With their mouth, they show much love, but their heart goes after covetousness. 
Who loves Jesus here? Oh, God. Don't raise your hand. I know you're going to raise your hand. But then the question is, what will you do to show you love Jesus? Is there anything you will do to show you love Jesus? Scripture says, and Jesus gave a parable, and he says, some people did not make it to heaven. And they were questioning God. Didn't we perform miracles? Were we not in church every time? Were we not in technical? I was in Austrian. I led the prayer team. I preached every Sunday. I was in the outreach. I did all these things. And Jesus said, uh, let me press the pause button right there. I was not asking for all of those things. He said, when I was sick, you didn't come for me. He said, oh, wait, wait, wait. When were you sick again? I was in church every time. He said, I know not that. Say, when I was hungry, you had no money to give me. You say, Lord God, I, I was always in church. But that's not what I want. Say, when I was in jail, you didn't come visiting. The question is, you show your love to every single person out there. Whether you like them or not. You are in the laundry there, will you show your love to people? When you are in H-E-B, will you show your love? When you are at work, will you show your love? Don't come to church and try to do what we call dissimulation. Appear to love people, but inside, inside, you really don't want to love people. You're like, even if I don't come to this church, I will not have all this problem. It's, it's not a church problem. Yeah, it's the heart thing. Because really, if you don't come to church, you're going to see somebody out there anyways. You have a neighbor. You're leaving someone close to another person. There will be something someone will do. We must love. We must love. James 2, 15. James chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. James 2, 15 and 16. I hope you're writing down some of these scriptures so that you can go study more later. James 2, 15 and 16. I'll read from here. If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, if somebody comes to you or you notice someone that does not have food, does not have clothes, does not have basic stuff, and it comes to you, what are you going to do? You start blaming them. Forget job. Oh, they're always drug addicts. You know, you're going to think in your mind, oh, see, he's just an addict. That's why he's like, of course, some of them, yes, if you give them $5, they will go and use it to buy wheat. That's fine. But you see what you see. That's all that matters. He says, if he comes naked and destitute daily food, one of you says to them, oh, go in peace, be warm in the name of Jesus. We pray that your body and your tummy will be filled with food. So that does not work for anybody. Someone comes to this church now and we say, let's lay our hands on this person. He has not eaten for the last two hours or three days. And be like, oh, yeah. And then one of our ministers. But the person will pray and pray and pray. But all this brother needs is $3. You don't want to give them $3 because you think they're going to abuse it. Drive them to that gas station. Buy them a bottle of water. Maybe, I don't know, what else? Snack? Whatever you can afford. Don't break your bank. Just say, that's all I got. A few times I've seen a lot of people who've done that here. Some people will come here. Be like, oh, and here's where what gets us because some people also wrap 
whatever their request with lies. I mean, there was a man that basically, I loved the man. After talking to him later, I love him. But now I see him every now and then. He comes and he says, I need to go to Oklahoma. And I need $12. I need to drive to New York and I need $12. I'm like, sir, New York, you need $12 to buy gas. Which car? And I saw his truck. That truck cannot make it to Austin. I mean, really? If it makes it to Austin, maybe three tires out of four will make it there. No, seriously. And I'll be like, sir, you, don't, you are not going to Oklahoma. I know for sure. You need gas? Do you really need gas? All right. You know what? Follow me. I'll drive. I'm not going to give you my card, of course. I'm not going to give you cash, of course. Let's go to the gas station. And I'll be like, all right, I'll go to the gas station. Wait for me. Park your car. Open the tank. Go in number one, six. Can you give me $15 of gas? All right, pump it. Once there was a day when he was doing that. While he was pumping, I said, How is your health? What's going on? Are you sure you're really going anywhere? He said, uh, I said, I know what the answer is. Uh, do you have enough food? He said, Yes, I have food. I said, Are you sure? He said, Yes, I got food from a uh, food bank. He said, Okay, so just gas. So what about Oklahoma? Uh, I said, Okay, don't tell me about Oklahoma again. But I figured out that I just, so I said, Next time, he said, Well, I have problem with other things. I said, Don't worry. Next I will not be able to do anything but please just tell me what you need. But that is what we must learn to do. I mean, there is something in my mind carnally that I want to think and ask him all the question about why you're always doing this, but that's really not my business. The Bible says if anybody's naked and hungry, whatever you can afford, if what you can afford is 15 cents, buy them whatever is 15 cents worth. Forget about the rest. Sometimes we like to play God. Don't just pray alone. Prayer is absolutely fantastic. We must always pray for people. But please, when you can help, help. When you can help, help. Within reason, alright? Because sometimes somebody came here around 10 o'clock one time and wanted us to give him a lift or something. And I'm sure like, we're, just, we're not giving you a lift. That's not going to happen. Because I don't know whether you have gone in your pocket to be in my car and trying to tell me, hey, go drive somewhere. I'm not going anywhere. Alright, I'm not giving you a lift. I'm sorry. Uh, do you need help? I can call the cops. They will come and drive you. They'll take you anywhere. But help as much as you can. First Peter chapter 1 verse 22. I need to wrap up because we do have two other things. But it's important for us we understand sincere love. How can you have sincere love? First Peter chapter 1 verse 22. Words are not enough. Don't just tell people you love them. That's good to start with. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 22. 1 Peter chapter 1 22. Make sure you purify your souls. Obey the word of God. Make sure you love people without hiding it. Without hypocrisy. Love people with your heart. So who are the best kind of people to love? Who are the best kind of people to love? It's very easy to love someone that loves you. Oh, most couples find this very hard. Say, I love my husband so much because he loves me so much. What if he does not love you that much? What are you going to do? choice. That's a good thing. 
have to love unconditionally. And that is not what anybody wants to hear. You'd be like, that makes no sense. That does not make sense. That's not ideal. I understand what ideal is. Scripture says, for people of this world, they know what makes sense. They only help those who help them. So do you, I mean, you don't, there is no difference between you and anybody that is outside. If you lend to those that will give back to you, what reward? Love truly. I need to summarize now. So I'm not going to love with my words. What about if I do other things? First Corinthians chapter 13 is where I will end today because there is no end to talking about love. This is very important. First Corinthians 13. It's a very serious, serious encouragement. Though I speak in tongues, I'm reading from verse 1. You may be a Christian and you speak in tongues. You really, really are baptized. You have the gift. The Lord has endowed you. So even though you are speaking in a different tongue, I'm sure, let me ask the teenagers, I believe you understand what it means by speaking in tongues. What does that mean, James? To be speaking in tongues. Help me quickly. What does it mean to you when you when someone says, I speak in tongues? Is what? Is is lying. <laughs> but that's I mean, that is he, he gave us his thought. I asked him for his thought. Right? Shay, what, what do you think? James, you did great. You told me what you want and what you believe. What does it mean for someone to say he speaks in tongues? Now, now let him, please. He does what? What, what did you see when you saw it happen? You saw someone speaking. What did you see? just flowing out. So the person was just saying stop. They were compelled to say something and they were expressing it. Okay, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, thank you. I mean, so they were speaking uncontrollably but through the inspiration of God. said, if you have that gift, have you seen someone praying in tongues before or speaking in tongues? Okay, where? TV. Okay. And was the person talking to another person? It was a group. And can you describe quickly for us what the group was doing? It didn't make any sense to you. <laughs> I figured. Yeah. I mean, but you were like, okay, these people are just randomly talking and they were doing something. Yeah, that was what I was supposed to People receive gifts, and it's a gift of God to help a believer express certain things, even though they are not having a conversation with another person. To an observer, if you are looking at a person that is speaking in tongues, you would think they are either crazy or psychotic. You would think that they are just out of their minds because they are expressing words, but it's meaningless to anybody but it's a gift now 
Apostle Paul said, even if I have that special gift, but, and it sounded like I'm speaking in some languages that only people in heavens can understand, but I don't love people. You know what it says? It is useless. Verse 2. If I can prophesy, how many people have seen a prophet before? I'm not saying you've heard about a prophet. You've seen a prophet before. Prophet, yes. Okay, let me ask uh, again. Most of our younger generations that are probably... Uh, so, who am I going to ask them? Tenny, have you seen a prophet before? You don't think so. What do you think a prophet does? ability to actually not be told but to speak certain things that when by the time people catch up with time they will now experience what that person said that is a problem of course everybody today claims that title prophet dr bishop sanders you know they just claim the title the way they want but a prophet is you don't choose yourself to be a prophet you don't walk towards it you don't get a degree like we just finished PhD in theology of New Testament and Old Testament and then you claim I'm prophet doctor, bishop, this no, 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 you can never make yourself a prophet you are endowed by God with that ability and that ability is not controllable as well a prophet does not control the content of their prophecy just like speaking in tongues the speaker does not control how and what you say because it's a gift from God. Even if you have such power, such that you can say, oh brother, tomorrow, by the time you get out of the house, this is what I see will happen. So you may have that gift and yet you can understand how things will happen to other people and you do not love people. It says, so God can use somebody so mightily, so powerfully, and yet they're useless? According to Paul, let's read verse 3 so that we can get closer to the end of it. Even though I give everything to people, now there are some people, they just have this great gift. And their gift is, what they have does not bother them. They can give anybody anything, even to their own detriment. Even when they are losing, even when they don't have enough, they give to other people. It's a gift. Oh, you want to give like that? You say, oh, no, but I can't. Looking at that $5 that is shining in your face, you're like, ah, I wish I could give you. 
but I can't. But some people, to them, out of $5, they can give you $4. And you are wondering, seriously? But that's a gift because to them, it's your self-sacrifice. It says, even though you can give your money, your property, your time to other people, oh, and yet you do not love people. And you're wondering in your heart, how can you be giving and yet you don't love people? That is the strangest thing in the world. It says, if you love, I mean, if you don't love and you give so much, it is useless. Again, wow, that is tough. The last thing. It says, if I have faith in my heart and I can move mountains. Oh my God, I wish I could. I have faith. You know, there are some people you tell them, oh, they say, oh yeah, this, all is well. They will pray, they are hot, they are not shaken by anything. Love. 
Lastly, I want us to pray, you know, the church of God cannot grow and will not grow once there are still partitions dividing us. We do not love one another. But that love is not a general problem. It's a personal problem. I want us to pray. Father, help me to love other people. Don't pray for other people. Now you pray for yourself. Lord, help me to sincerely love other people. Don't say, oh, if that, I wish that that pastor loved other people. I wish that brother. No, no, no. For, don't worry about, forget about other people. Personally, now pray. I am praying, Lord, help me to love everyone genuinely in this church. Father, help me to love everyone in my workplace. Lord, help me to love everyone in my neighborhood. Lord, help me to love anyone, all my friends, whether they go to church or not, they practice one religion or the other, they know God. Father, help me to love them. 